you're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome listeners to episode 14 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and of course I'm delighted to be joined, as I always am every week, by the editor of the Western League Bulletin, Tom Hiscott. Hello Tom, how are you? Did you have a good weekend? Afternoon, yeah, not too bad. Um, Sunday was spent in, uh, in Twickenham in London watching some NFL, so that was good fun, and yeah, not too bad a, a weekend all in all, yourself? Well, of course, we, we always um, uh, we talk to you every week about the results of the Western League, but of course we can't let your visit to Twickenham not go um, uh, without without covering that. What what uh, what game was it? Who were you there to see? Uh, the Vi- Minnesota Vikings, who are my my team, I've I've taken on. Uh, they took they uh, they beat the Browns, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, yeah, so it was uh, yeah quite enjoyable. Obviously, didn't start too well, but they pushed on at the end and got the win. And yeah, yeah good day. Really enjoyed it. Because I'm a, I used to regularly go up to Twickenham before children, and um, one of my sort of memories of a match day at Twickenham with a rugby international is the place is sort of covered in Guinness cladding, and uh, it's a it's a very it's a very booze orientated world. Which you know, in fairness, um, professional rugby does have that um, caveat if you are a fan. Um, obviously, not if you're a player. But um, what's the American football like in terms of um, that type of atmosphere? American football fans are they are they typical rugby fans? Do they like a do they like a pint of Guinness? Slightly different, I think. Yeah, more 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 buds and things like that, and cores and uh, bottle beer, uh, and obviously the hot dogs, which which did did join in and have a have a couple. So yeah, um, but it was it's always always. Uh, I've been to a couple of games uh, before, one at Wembley and one at Twickenham, and it's always always a good experience. And uh, yeah, I quite enjoy watching my American sports. So it's a it's a good 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 afternoon out. It's funny, isn't it? Because Wembley does sort of lend itself, I think, to American sport, and Twickenham being the home of rugby um, yeah there's a well it's an interesting experience anyway there you go listeners there was a there was a completely um, unique and, and weird tangent that we've gone down but um, we are actually here um, talking about um, the f- results in the uh, tool station western league for the week commencing Monday the 23rd of October when I say here we have returned to the Ram so uh, in the centre of Bath it's always good to catch up with Tom when he's got time off of um, his day job and um, well, I thought we'd come back after we, we had we had a jolly good time uh, last week as we always do here so we're here again so hopefully you'll get a little bit of background noise it's filmed in front of a live studio audience no swearing please this is a family show right then um, we'll start then on monday the 23rd of october tom and it was a wiltshire fa cup action yeah, it was, and uh, Chippenham Park, uh, a 5-0 win, so they're through to the next round. Uh, ben Pring scored twice, uh, and there were also goals for Reese Allison, Ryan Terrell and Jamie Norman as they knocked out New College Swindon. Yeah, I've noticed Chippenham Park haven't, haven't been in the greatest form in the league. They're a side that at the beginning of the year we spent a lot of time talking about, um, but um, obviously that would have been a welcome uh, victory, even if it was in the County Cup, so uh, it'll be interesting to see whether they get a bounce in their league form. Now, we, uh, we take a dip into the Tool Station uh, Western League first, division on Tuesday the 24th of October and we start off with Bishop Sutton at home to Westbury. Yeah and uh, Westbury's unbeaten run obviously they're long long time unbeaten uh, 14 matches to start the season in the first division um, and that came to an end on Tuesday night. Uh, a 2-0 win for Bishop Sutton. Uh, goals in either half uh, at Lakeview and that was a yeah, 2-0 win for Bishop Sutton and pretty shocking result. Well 
Um, another one of the big boys, uh, Bristol Telephones, they travelled to Canesham Town. Big crowd there on Tuesday. 162 saw that game and um, the home fans will have gone home happy. Yeah, they would have. Um, a 3-1 win for Canesham. They did come from behind to do so. Uh, an own goal in the first half uh, put Bristol Telephones ahead. Uh, but then 10 minutes after the break, uh, Canesham were level with uh, Cameron Shawn. He's going direct from the free kick. Uh, Carl Box been in good form this season, uh, then headed home 50 minutes from time to, to put Canesham ahead uh, before Sam Duggan wrapped up the victory uh, late on. Yeah, 3-1 for, for Canesham. And finally in the first division on Tuesday night, Welton Rovers entertained Portishead Town. Yeah, and it was Welton uh, who came from behind on two occasions to draw two all. Uh, Harrison Williams scored the only goal before half-time, uh, but then uh, midway through the second period, Portishead were reduced to ten men uh, with Will Cook sent off. Uh, Welton took advantage uh, with Chris Pyle scoring, uh, continuing his hot streak. Uh, and then, but then two minutes later, the, the ten men of Portishead went ahead once more uh, with Joe Ellis uh, firing home. Uh, and then Welton managed to get another equaliser with Alex Witch uh, scoring with a, a cross-come shot. Uh, and that was how it stayed. Uh, Two-all draw there. Exciting stuff at West Clues. Now we move on to Saturday the 28th of October. Full programmes in the Premier and in the First Division. And we kick off with Bitten at home to high-flying Buckland Athletic. Yeah, and uh, it was a game at the Rapid Solicitors Ground and it was a, a 1-0 win for Bitten over the early pace set as Buckland. Uh, a 15 minute, a free kick 15 minutes from time uh, for Bitten uh, put them through, uh, sorry, gave them the, uh, the three points. Yeah, I mean, Bitten were one of those sides that we called out earlier in the season. We thought they'd go well and um, Buckland obviously caught them on a good day. Buckland, uh, you know, fantastic team doing very well this season. Of course they are, but um, gives gives the rest of the uh, Premier Division hope in a way, doesn't it? Yeah, indeed. Some of the big boys obviously mentioned Westbury just there in the midweek round up down in the first division as well. It's not always um, uh, easy at the top. You're obviously there to be shot at and we've seen quite a few surprise results recently. Well, um, not much of a surprise at Bridport. Of course, they're our cup specialists. They've been going well in the league when they get the opportunity to play in it and they were entertaining Brislington on Saturday yeah um, uh, quick fire double uh, during the second half handed them a 3-1 win over Brislington uh, Bridport that was then back to winning ways uh, and, and a 3-1 win for them now Cabri Heath in the biggest win of the day they were at home to Wells City yeah, indeed, a 6-1 win for Cabri Heath, a uh, big one there. Uh, Sasha Tong, uh, another bloke in rich vein of form, continued scoring twice. And there are also goals for Simon McElroy, Christian Lee and Jack Cam uh, during a pretty pretty one-sided affair for, for, for the Cabri Heath. Now, another uh, one of the sides that we've uh, been keeping an eye on, Clevedon Town, uh, came up against Chipping Sudbury, and we have the re- we have the return of the, the curse of the podcast, probably quite apt because today's Halloween, isn't it? So uh, certainly the, uh, the, the demons were out. For poor old Chipping Sodbury. Yeah, uh, a 2-1 win for Clevedon there. Uh, goals from uh, Liam Dempsey and Ollie Barnes before the break, uh, giving them the 2-1 win over Chipping Sodbury for who George Box scored uh, just after the hour mark, uh, which turned out to be just a consolation goal. So yeah, the three points uh, went to Clevedon. High-flying Willand, they were the visitors to Hallen. Yeah, and it was a late kick-off there. I think there was some uh, traffic issues, uh, but that didn't hold back Britain. Uh, Woodland, uh, a 2-0 win. Uh, Luke Alden scoring quite early in the uh, the game to, to put them on their way. Uh, and then Fletcher Williams wrapped up the win uh, in stoppage time in the second half. Uh, and a 2-0 win for, for Willand over Halland. Well, uh, the next result is um, welcome listening, I'm sure, for those long-suffering, long-well green sports um, fans. They finally got their first uh, point of the season. They went away to Hengrove Athletic. 
Yeah, I'm not quite sure who scored uh, Longwell Green's equaliser, but they did come back. They were trailing in the first half, uh, following their own goal uh, to, to Hengrove. Uh, but then uh, from the spot late on, uh, they managed to get an equaliser. And yeah, as you say, uh, the first point for Longwell Green, uh, long awaited, 12 matches without a, a point up to then. But that's, that's ended now, and hopefully they can maybe push on and um, yeah, get some more points. Obviously, that's going to be needed quite quickly if they're going to keep pace with uh, the likes of Wells and Hallam. Now, we would like to know the name of that Longwell Green sports scorer um, because um, he's got his t- side's first point of the season and he, <laughs> he deserves a name check. So um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can get in touch with me at Ian Knockholds. That's on Twitter. That's at I-A-N-N-O-C-K-O-L-D-S. And, Tom, how can how can the listeners get in touch with you? Uh, just my surname on Twitter. So it's at Hiscott, which is T. Now then, moving on to Odd Down. Um, they were at home and the visitors were Bridgewater Town. Yeah, and Bridgewater carried their uh, FA Vase form. Uh, through into the league uh, a 1-0 win away at down. it was a late goal uh, 87, 82nd minute uh, from Jack Taylor uh, handing them the three points of course that game for Oddown marked the uh, the first uh, for the new manager Lee Rendell um, Ray Johnson stepping down in the week and um, Ray was a big well, is a big fan of the podcast big supporter of the podcast so uh, we wish Ray well and uh, we, we well obviously Oddown is Tom's side so um, and we'll be keeping an eye on them but, um, but Bridgewater's win at Oddown on Saturday gave me the perfect opportunity to catch up with their manager Carl Bagley and um, I started um, by asking Carl what his thoughts were on that um, on that valuable three points at odd down it's one of those games where you have to grind out results there they're always big physical obviously the conditions weren't great on Saturday either for either team but no it's like I said to him after the game I, I love an ugly win if you know what I mean and that was a very good clean sheet and three points Odd down are a bit of a, you know, they're a fixture in the um, in, uh, in the in the Premier Division of the Western League. Of course, they'd won it that not not that long ago. Not been an easy week for them, but but it was always going to be a competitive game. How have you found um, coming up against some of the Western League's bigger boys um, compared to um, what you were experiencing last season uh, in the Southern League? Yeah, obviously there is a there's a big difference between Southern League and Western League. Again, I still think three or four of the teams that we've played this year would easily cope with the physicality of Southern League football and everything, really. Some teams are pretty much set up, ready to go up, really, and all they need is just that bit of luck like we did when we got promoted with Barnsville to finish runners-up and fortunate enough to go up. Obviously, we all know about the league restructuring this year. I know there's quite a few teams that... Are going for it, but like I say, until that season finishes, no one knows exactly what's going on. So it's just need to get your head down and uh, just keep plugging away, really. Bridgewater obviously come with a big reputation um, coming down from from the Southern League. Do, do you think that other clubs have viewed you as a scalp so far in the season? I probably think they do. Like you say, I I speak to most managers, and everyone knows that Bridgewater is a big club. Fortunately, or unfortunately, should I say, they obviously got relegated last year, had a bit of a poor season last year. But that's obviously part of a different regime. We had a big meeting at the start of the season, and it was just this season was... There's no pressure on anyone, if you know what I mean. There's no pressure on the club to bounce straight back up. It was just 
this season was just all about stability and enjoyment, really. If you see what I'm on about, after the season they had last year, there was obviously no enjoyment, and it's just trying to put smiles back on people's faces. And when you see the attendances and the travelling support that we get, is unbelievable, if you know what I mean. It's to go to places like St. Austell, Bashley, Farnham next week, I can guarantee we'll be taking the best part of 40, 50, maybe even 60-plus fans. So the, the club spirit's still there, even after the poor season last year. I mean, like I say, we're slowly turning that corner. Were there pressures on you um, from the club to bounce straight back? You mentioned that, um, you know, as far as you were concerned, this is about consolidation. And if you look at Clevedon Town, who came down last season, you can see that um, um, they've gone through that process and they're building again. But, I mean, did you and the playing squad target coming back at the first time of asking? No, that was one of the things that, that me and Dave said during pre-season. Obviously, we've had meetings with the committee and everyone and basically we asked them what their plans were and they just basically left it as an open book if you know what I mean they were like well if we finish in the top what if we win it if we finish second we finish in the top six like I said we don't know what's going on with the league restructuring then yeah we're going to take it but if we finish seventh or eighth but we've had a good season then then so be it there was no expectations on Bridgewater to fly back up this year I know some of the fans may not like me here may not like to hear that if you know what I mean but that's just the truth really it was just all about kind of getting the, the smile back around Bridgewater if you know what I mean the enjoyment back around Bridgewater because obviously last year was a, a tough season for them well, let's look at the fixtures then. You've had a very interesting last couple of months. Um, you mentioned, actually, that those games in the Vars against Bashley and against St Orstall. You're doing very, very well in, uh, in that competition. Um, but you've had, um, uh, you've had that great win at the weekend against Oddan, and it wasn't that long ago that you put four past Buckland Athletics. So, in terms of um, recent results, you must be very, very pleased. Yeah. To be fair, we haven't played bad this season. I think there's only been... Maybe one, one and a half games where I think that we've been bad, if you know what I mean, and I've told them. Other than that, we've kind of more than held our own and competed against every side. And it's just a case of just trying to get that mentality and believe that they are, they are good enough, if you know what I mean. And that was the trouble. We've played, I think it's like three of the top four teams away and only lost by the odd goal, apart from apart from the local derby against Street. So we're we closely competitive. We're just missing that little bit of luck. But like you say, but when we played Buckland, everything seemed to click, and it could have been it could have been and should have been more. To be honest, you mentioned there that you've you've come up against um, um, many of the league's top sides already, and you also said that many of the league's top sides could more than hold their own in the Southern League. Um, who's caught your eye? Who do you think will be the teams, the hardest teams to beat in the Premier Division this season? The team that impressed me most, especially for their first 45 minutes, was Bradford. They're the team that, to be fair, they absolutely battered us for 45 minutes. And then, to be fair, the second half, we got to grips with like how they play and more than matched them. We maybe could have got something out of the game. Obviously, you've got Street. I know, I know Rich really, really well. I know what his team's like. He has got, like I said, he's one of the people that I say has got nearly a Southern League side. So I don't think he'll be far away. 
And another person I know quite well is in Russell G at Willand. We played them first game of the season. Great game Tuesday night. We won 2-1. Basically said to the boys, this, this isn't a place that gives away many points, if you know what I mean. So definitely take it like with the applause that you're getting. But I knew that that would be a turning point for Russell, if you know what I mean, that he would not necessarily that there's anything wrong with that performance that they give, but I knew that he would come back strong and you just look at the results they've got. But I just see this season as there's probably 10 or 12 teams that can beat anyone on their day, if you know what I mean. There's no, it's not like Man of Farm last year, if you know what I mean, where they yeah. kind of, I wouldn't say walked away with it, but... Yeah. yeah, made it pretty comfortable for himself, if you know what I mean. I mean, you mentioned Willem there, uh, and um, you've, oh, you've mentioned Street as well. Uh, you've got a very interesting um, December, haven't you? Because you've got Chipping Sodbury, who are going well. Willand, who, of course, are going very well. You've got Street as well. All of those games are at home, so it's going to be a... It's, it's a well, good... it's not, yeah, it's nice to have a home game. It seems like it's been ages since we've had a home game. Well, it's an, it's all that's good for the good for the fans, and I suppose that's going to give you a pretty good barometer of of, of where you where you're at come Christmas. Well, that's what it is now. We we've we've got our squad now. Like I've said to the lads, we've got we're fortunate to have a squad of twenty. I think it is now twenty, maybe even twenty one. We've got a couple out injured at the moment, and then obviously we always put a couple in the reserves if need be for fitness and sharpness and stuff. So. With the squad that we've got now, I'd, I'd like to see us compete a lot more now, if you know what I mean. Like I say to the boys, I think the belief is finally there. They're now coming they're coming to what me and Dave want and expect. And what we, and what they expect from us as well, if you know what I mean. It's all a massive learning curve for all of us, as it is when you go into a new club. But, now, nah, fair play to the boys. They're now, like you say, playing really well and making it difficult for every team that we play against. And I can't ask for any more than that, really. Well, one thing that the fans might ask for is a cup run. And you mentioned that game against um, Farnham Town. That's coming up on the 11th of, of November. You've been going very well in the Vars. You're going, um, your, your results, as we've said, in the Liga are looking pretty, uh, are looking pretty promising. But um, is, is the cup, you know, in, in this consolidation season, Carl, is, is a cup run in the Vars, is that, is, that what, uh, is that what the boys are up for this season? To be fair, I think it's part of every manager's remit during the course of the season to have a decent cut run generate a bit of extra money for the club that's, obviously that's the biggest thing really and that's what I say, That's what I said to the players we were fortunate enough to earn a bit of money winning a couple of rounds in the FA Cup beat Cainsham and Brislington and then lost 1-0 away to Gosport and then like I say just turning it around in the FA Vars yeah we've been to St Hostel we beat them it'd be nice to beat uh, Farnham in 90 minutes though if I'm going to be honest I don't really want extra time again <laughs> well Carl thank you very much for taking the time um, to speak to the podcast and um, we wish you well you've got Cribs away at the weekend but um, I think a lot of eyes will be on that Farnham tie in the Vars so we, uh, we hope you keep the Western League flag flying high in that competition no, thank you very much cheers yeah, my thanks to Carl Bagley for his time. Now, um, Melksham Town, they travelled to Shepton Mallet 
we talked about this last week, didn't we? The hoodoo. And uh, it looks like um, the witch doctor was at work because the hoodoo's been lifted. It has. Uh, a 2-0 win for Melksham away at Shepton Mallet, so a good win on the road. Uh, Joe Stradling uh, put them on their way uh, in the uh, first half uh, stoppage time, so they're 1-0 up. Uh, and then Gary Egdon uh, doubled the advantage. That's his 16th league goal of the season. Pretty unstoppable at the moment. And yeah, pretty impressive win for, for Melksham. Now, we started off um, the podcast by talking about Westbury's first loss in the first division. Now we, we bring the groundbreaking news that Bradford Town have also been defeated. Uh, they were defeated on Saturday. They travelled to Street. Perhaps not much of a surprise in terms of the quality of the opposition, but um, still worthy of note nonetheless, Tom. Yeah, the game we picked out, obviously, as the one to watch this weekend. It didn't disappoint. A 2-0 win for Street, so that uh, strengthens their position at the top of the table. Bradford finally beaten. Really impressive run, obviously, without losing up to now. Uh, but goals from uh, Steve Murray uh, and Josh Wadham uh, giving Street the 2-0 win. And finally, in the Premier Division, Wellington, they were at home to Cribs. Yeah, Wellington doing quite well at the moment. Uh, a beaten run uh, of six matches in all competitions. Uh, Jack Bryant striking 20 minutes from time to give them a, a 1-0 win at home to Cribs. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. Now moving down into the first division and we kick off with Almondsbury at home to Bishop's Lydiard. Yeah, and uh, Almondsbury doing well at the moment. Uh, an unbeaten run, uh, now up to four matches. Uh, Alex Bisp, uh, another man scoring scoring most Saturdays. Uh, he scored the only goal of the game in this one. Uh, a 1-0 win at home to, to Bishop's Lydiard. Ashton and Backwell United, they entertain Malmesbury Victoria. Yeah, in a match that saw five red cards in all, a couple uh, towards the end. Uh, a 2-1 win uh, for Malmesbury away at Ashton and Backwell. Uh, and goals from George Peer and uh, Anthony Brown helping them secure the win. Now, Bristol Telephones, they were at home to Chippenham Park. Yeah, and it was a 2 all draw there. Uh, Bristol Telephones, uh, without, a, without a win in a little while now, uh, the game at Stockwood Lane uh, ending in, uh, with a point apiece. And it was Ben Pring and Darren Moss scoring goals for Chippenham Park. Bristol Telephones, you could say, have been engaged for quite some time. Anyway, boom, boom, I'm here a week. Right, Calm Town, they were at home to Bishop Sutton. Yeah, and uh, in the game of the day, this one uh, came out and came out in a seven-goal thriller, and it was Khan who who claimed the four-three win. Uh, Jack Keane heading the away side, uh, Bishop Sutton ahead before Stuart Windsor scored twice uh, to turn the game on its head. Uh, Keane then added a second of his own to level things up uh, before Bishop Sutton moved ahead once again, uh, with Sam Downs firing home in the 44th minute. Uh, but less than a minute later, Khan uh, were back on level terms in a, in a frantic first half. Uh, Billy Bokes uh, cross-come shot going into the back of the net uh, to set up. Uh, fascinating second half but there was only one goal after the break uh, with Billy Gleed uh, finishing off an extra, excellent piece of build-up play from Bokes uh, to, to, to give uh, Calm the 4-3 win Now the biggest attendance in the first division was at Chard Chard Town uh, were at home and the visitors were Corsham Town Yeah, the Denning Sports field that one and it was a, a 1-0 win for Chard uh, Alex Staffy uh, first half stoppage time scoring, scoring for Chard and uh, they claimed the 1-0 win over Corsham and I took that victory uh, as an opportunity to catch up with Chard's manager, Paul Down. This is the first time we've ever had Chard on the uh, Toolstation Western League podcast, so it was uh, lovely to get a chance to speak with Paul. And I started off 
off by asking him about that valuable three points uh, he got at home against Corsham on Saturday. Yes, it was, uh, Ian. Um, a hard-fought game. Um, Caution pushed us all the way. It wasn't a classic by any means. But as you say, um, a good three points in our position in the league. Um, yeah, we're more than happy with that. 1-0, uh, close encounter. But um, did you think you were um, worthy winners? I think we just about edged it, Ian. Um, we dominated the first half, possession-wise. Didn't turn that into goals. Just the one go at uh, right on the stroke of half-time. Uh, second half was a, you know, pretty much an even affair. Caution looked pushed for the equaliser. Uh, we defended very well, and um, as I say, we you know picked up a good three points. It was a hard fought affair, and um, as I say, a most welcome three points, given you know given our position in the league at the moment. Yeah, you've not had a bad October, to be fair, have you? I mean, you've, you're a good 2-0 win away at um, uh, Chippenham Park. You won in the Somerset Premier Cup away at Premier Division, Shepton Mallet. And uh, then you travelled to Cannes and you got the draw there. So you've been un, um, undefeated this month. It was a harder month in September for you, wasn't it? So you, are you pleased that um, the boys have uh, you, you've seen a reaction? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we had a slow start of the season. There's no hiding from that. Um, August wasn't good for us, uh, points-wise or results-wise. Um, and it has been a slow start of the season. Expectations were, were probably um, a little higher than what we've actually achieved so far. But I feel the squad is, you know, is, is gradually coming together. We're starting to get some consistency, as you said, and beating them in four games, which... You know, in our league, it's, it's not an easy uh, easy thing to do, go four games unbeaten. Um, so I, I feel we're gradually getting there, Ian. Um, so overall, fairly happy, but obviously the league position needs to improve and, you know, we're, we're trying to do that. Now, I mentioned that September was an awkward month for you. You, you came up against many of the big boys in that month, Cheddar, Devizes, Radstock and Canesham. Uh, also, the league leaders, Westbury, and of course, regular listeners to the podcast will remember my interview with Neil Kirkpatrick, where he mentioned the game against you on the 16th of uh, September, and that game was abandoned, but it was abandoned in extraordinary circumstances, wasn't it? It was. It was a most unusual occurrence. Um, 89 and a half minutes on the clock, and uh, we had a free kick on the halfway line at the time for 30 seconds of normal time to go. Damn. The referee decided to call a halt to the proceedings. We'd had a heavy down ball for about you know, sort of 10 minutes and there was water lying on the pitch. Although I have to say, you know, there'd been no injuries or even no physios on the pitch at that time. And it being 4-2 up, um, you know, we felt aggrieved that it was abandoned in those circumstances with, you know, without really any consultation to, to either manager. Um, so, yeah, that was, it's, been, it's been a difficult period, obviously, sorting out whether we're going to replay it or whether the results stood. Um, obviously, the league have decided to um, replay the game in April, um, which we, you know, we weren't best pleased about as a club, obviously, because we, we felt that being 4-2 ahead at the time, that um, possibly the results should have stood. But uh, we have to move on from it. We, you know, we're going to try and put it behind us. We've done that, as you said, earlier on through October. and um, We've got to concentrate on the football now. I mean, it's incredibly frustrating from a fan's perspective 
um, and I'm very conscious that, you know, it's obviously the majority of people listening to this, the vast majority, will be fans of Western League football. I think the idea that any of us would pay our money to watch 89 minutes of an encounter and, uh, and not to see the result at the end of it would be um, deeply frustrating. But one of the things that never ceases to amaze me is that we forget that many of the players, if all of the players and all of the managers, indeed all of the people that are involved in Western League clubs are volunteers, which means that when you get another fixture that you've got to play in, whatever circumstances, it means more time off work, it's more time away from families, gives you a, um, gives you a selection headache, doesn't it? It does. Um... As you know, as we all know, involved in in Western League football, um, it, it takes an awful lot to put a game of football on now. You know, and it, it starts very early on a Saturday morning and finishes very late on a Saturday evening. Um, a lot of volunteers, a lot of people give up their their free time, um, don't get paid, unpaid volunteers, uh, and it's it's disappointing for for everybody when the game goes that to that you know 89th or 90th, 90th minute. Um, it was a great game of football, by the way. Probably our best performance of the season, ironically. Um, and to be, you know, for it not to stand, I think has brought up a lot of issues, a lot of questions. And I hope that we can take some positives from this. And, and moving forward, maybe the league can address a few of the problems that arose on the day. And it doesn't happen again to, to, to other clubs. Um, because it does affect everybody, not, not only Chad or Mesbury, but... You know, the replay will be in April and it could affect the promotion positions come the end of the season. So there's a lot of questions um, and obviously we could do with a few answers really to, to the questions. And that's not a criticism of the league or the referee. It's just really the, what's, what's arisen from that situation needs to be addressed. You, you saw 89 minutes worth of Westbury. You've played uh, Radstock, as we said, and Canesham and Cheddar. Uh, and devises all sides that are going very, very well in the first division. Um, what do you make of the competition in the first division this season? Who do you think the runners and the riders are going to be? I've, I've been impressed with everybody this year, and that goes from top to bottom, which sounds a, a strange statement, but every team in that division is capable of winning a game on any given day. Um, and, and to be honest, we perform better against the top sides than we have the lower sides in the league. Um, so it's difficult to make um, any predictions. Um, I wouldn't like to predict the top three or the bottom three in our league. Um, if you want to ask me who, who's been the best side that we've played this year, I'd probably say Welton Rovers. Um, they the side that impressed me the most and, and, and comprehensively beat us on the day. But apart from them, um, we've been every game we've we've had a chance to win or, or draw. Um, some of them we've come out on the wrong side and lost, but. It's a very competitive league. Westbury on that day didn't play well, but obviously looking at their league position, you know, they're obviously a lot better than they showed at Chard that day. They're going to be obviously still there at the end of the season. Bristol Telephones, although we beat them, I was very impressed with them going forward. Um, and Devizes, again, good side. I think they'll be there. Um, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to predict. We've got Canesham this Saturday. Um, I was very impressed with Canesham. Again, a side we beat, but um, very impressed with them. Uh, I think they'll be there, top five or top six, come the end of the season. 
Yes, it's a very exciting November, and particularly for the fans, because you've got Canesham at home, you've got Wellington at home uh, in the Somerset Cup, um, obviously a Premier Division side, Bristol Telephones, as you said, and uh, a Les Phillips encounter against uh, Cadbury Heath. Um, plenty of cup, plenty of league action coming up. Um, Paul, what were your targets for the squad uh, at the beginning of this season? Were you targeting a particular league finish or uh, were you looking to, to, to see how you could get on in some of the Cups? Uh, to be honest, we, we, you know, we sort of targeted top half finish for this season. Um, we had a three or four players in, in pre-season. And, um, judging, I was judging it on last season's um, league and I thought we could certainly be up around the sort of top, top six or top eight this year. Um, but I must say the division is definitely stronger this season, and um, maybe it's you know caught, caught a few of us out. Um, as I say, from from top to bottom, it's very very even. There's very little between the clubs, um, and it's just going to come down to the, you know the consistency factor. And, and if I'm honest, our squad is not consistent enough. Um, we can beat the, the top sides, but uh, we can lose you know to, to sides lower down the league, and that, that that's happened this season. But, as you say, we've got a, a great November to look forward to. We're in good form. Um, and so if we can maintain the consistency we've shown in the last few weeks, um, you know, the top half finish is definitely a realistic target. It'd be nice to go and, you know, get through another round in the Somerset Premier Cup. We had a great win up in Shepton Mallet. Uh, Wellington will be a, tough, uh, you know, a, a tough encounter. Um, but home draw, we couldn't have asked much more for that. And it'd be nice to get in the next round. Maybe take on a Taunton or a, a Western Supermare or even even the Oval. Um, so yeah, lots to look forward to. Looking forward to going to Cadbury Heath. Never been there before, and and, and take on another Prem side. So um, yeah, we're looking forward to November definitely. Excellent, Paul. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. Hopefully we'll get another chance to talk to you um, before the end of the season. But um, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to the podcast. No problem. Cheers, Ian. My thanks to Paul Down uh, for his time. Now, Canesham Town, they were at home to Radstock Town. This is two informed sides, Tom. Yeah, obviously Canesham fighting back midweek to, to claim a win. Uh, didn't quite manage the same, but they did find themselves uh, down at half-time, uh, home to Radstock, uh, but then a goal from Carl Box again, uh, helping them secure the one-all draw. Oldland Abertonians, uh, they entertained Roman Glass St George. Yeah, a pretty surprising result here. Roman Glass and George claiming the 1-0 win. Uh, I'm not quite sure who scored their goal, uh, but Oldland did miss a penalty during the match, which obviously uh, proved costly in a 1-0 in loss, and they missed out on the opportunity to move up to fourth in the table. Now, Portishead, on uh, Tuesday, they travelled to Welton Rovers, doing very well in the first division at the moment. They entertained another high-flying side, Devizes Town. Yeah, and this one ended uh, in a one-all draw as well. Uh, there was a late penalty save, which uh, proved, proved vital. Uh, Devizes actually took the lead after 15 minutes when Ali Bradley bobbled the ball into the, uh, uh, the Portishead net. Uh, the home side then got back on level terms just after the half-hour mark uh, for Alex Twig. Uh, but then after missing a number of chances uh, in the second half, Portishead had a golden opportunity uh, to grab all three points uh, but James Clark uh, saw his spot kick saved by Adam Walters uh, in the divisors net and it, it remained one all. Westbury United they uh, recovered from their defeat at the hands of Bishop Sutton on Tuesday um, to record another victory this time away at Sherbourne Town. Yeah hoping to prove midweek was just a bit of a slip up uh, a 2-0 win away at Sherbourne as you say uh, Ricky Holbert setting the leaders on their way in the uh, 38th minute uh, and then there was another goal late on from George Bendel uh, to wrap up the 2-0 the win. 
Now, one side that certainly hasn't suffered from the curse of the podcast is Cheddar. They were in imperious form, this time away to Warminster Town. Yeah, doing well in front of goal recently, Cheddar, and it's Adam Jones, uh, the main man. Uh, he got a hat-trick, hat-trick for them on Saturday, and there are also goals for Sam King and Chris Coombs, uh, a comprehensive 5-1 win away at Warminster. And finally, Welton Rovers, the Green Army, were most certainly at the races on Saturday. <clears throat> yeah, indeed. Welton Rovers um, doing extremely well at the moment. Four wins in the past five games. Uh, a 3-0 win away at Wincanton. Uh, goals from Joe Garland, uh, Joe Batrick, and also, of course, Chris Powell. Um, uh, a 3-0 win away at Wincanton, really impressive. And Welton now uh, up to third place. Yes, and um, perhaps more importantly for those people who are listening to this podcast in the Summer Valley, um, Welton Rovers are now ahead of Radstock Town in the First Division table. We haven't been able to say that for quite some time, um, but we have been talk- we have talked on the podcast before about those Coalfield Classicos, and actually that's shaping up. I think the first one that's coming up is going to be Boxing Day, and that's going to be an absolute humdinger. That is uh, definitely, definitely one to put in the diary. Anyway... Boxing Day's a little bit ahead of us now. We're not that far away from Christmas. Christmas here at the moment. Yeah, well, once Halloween's out of the way, we're nearly there. Uh, <laughs> apple bobbing and all that sort of business. Uh, anyway, up and coming fixtures. We won't we won't look ahead to Christmas just yet, but we will start on Tuesday, the thirty first of October. Yeah, we're still just about in uh, in October. Um, on Tuesday night, uh, Halloween night, we've got uh, Brislington against Cadreheath at 7.30 uh, in the Premier Division, and then down in the First Division, uh, Ashton and Backway United take on Canesham Town. I, think, I feel at this point we should really do our sort of our Halloween spin-off names. Um, yeah, I mean, Creepy Cadreheath. I think, well, well, why don't we leave that one to the listeners? Yeah. Or, uh, or, or even better still, why don't we actually prepare yeah, for some of these gags, these, yeah, these little things that come off the top of my head. Right then, Wednesday the 1st of November, in the Premier Division, Will and Rovers are at home to Hengrove Athletic. That's a 7.30 kick-off. And in the Dorset FA Senior Cup, well, it's Bridport, F, they're, they're cup specialists. What can go wrong? Well, the visitors are Weymouth, and um, that's... Um, uh, that will be one. That will be a, that will be a, a tricky game for them. But you know, I'm I'm backing I'm backing Bridport. I've got a bit of form actually because I spent a little bit of time helping Paul Town. So I feel that my allegiance is there, and, and it would be fair to say that people in Paul don't like people in Weymouth. So um, I'll be, I should be yes. Anyway, we don't need to go down that road. That's a 7:45 kickoff. If you're interested, what we will talk about, Tom, is the fixtures on Saturday, the 4th of November, and we'll start in the Premier Division. Yeah, Bridport actually playing a league game on Saturday. Um, uh, they're at home to to Bitten. Uh, we've also got Buckland Athletic taking on Cadbury Heath, Chipping Sobbury Town versus Hallen, Cribs versus Bridgewater Town, uh, Hengrove Athletic uh, take on Bradford. Uh, Clevedon travel to take on Melksham. Uh, Odd Down versus Wellington. Uh, we've got Shepton Mallet versus Street. Uh, Wells City will uh, take on Longwell Green Sports. And finally, Brislington travel to take on Willand. And I'll whip you through the first division. Um, Bishop Sutton at home to Corsham Town. Bishop's Lydiard at home to Oldland Abertonians. Bristol Telephones at home to Wincanton Town. Chard entertain Canesham. Cheddar entertain Almondsbury. Chippenham Park, they take on Sherbourne Town. Devizes, they're at home to Roman Glass St George. Radstock entertain Portishead. Warminster Town are at home to Ashton and Backwell United. Welton Rovers are at home to Malmesbury, Victoria. And finally, Westbury United entertain Wiltshire rivals Carn Town. Now then, Tom, you've had an opportunity to digest those fixtures. Anything particularly stand out for you? Should have probably thought of that. 
I, I do ask you every week. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> should have seen it. I mean, Wellington, uh, as I said, they're in really good form. They've had quite a lot of home games recently, so interesting to do how, see how they do on the road uh, against Odd Down, obviously, under new management. Uh, and then down in the first division, uh, Bristol Telephones, another team, maybe not in the best of form at the moment. They take on Wing Canton, who have been letting in a few goals uh, recently. So, yeah, I'll keep my eye on, on those two fixtures. Bridport Bitten, those they those two very good sides on their day, very sexy squads. So um, I reckon that would be a good game. Um, but the one, the other one that catches my eye, and I, I mean, I'm not I'm not being in any way disrespectful. Please don't think that, listener. For, but Well City against Longwell Green Sports, something's got to give here. One of these sides could get a real bounce in their confidence and um, be very very interesting because, of course, Longwell Green they've just picked up their first point. Yeah. You know, things could be on the turn there, and uh, that makes this a really really important game. So that'll be an interesting one to watch. So, and in the um, in the first division, Cheddar, who've been resurgent against another team in very, very good form at the moment, Almondsbury. They uh, they were slow starters, but they have been um, they've been building it up. They've been going up the table. So um, that would be an interesting uh, that would be an interesting fixture as well. Yes, our parish notices section. Now, of course, um, Sunday is bonfire night, so um, I'm pretty sure that if you haven't already had a look to see whether your club is doing a firework display, that now would be a very good time to do it. Everybody probably is, so it would be a little bit unfair of me to um, single out any one particular club, but um, please please uh, keep a look at your uh, your local club's website and uh, adverts in the paper because I'm sure that there will be some, some firework fun happening at a football ground near you. Now... Over the last couple of weeks, we've had various contributors making um, an appearance on our on our parish notices section. On this occasion, I actually wanted to have a little chat with Tom because uh, in compiling the bulletin, which of course Tom does every week, if he didn't do that, then we wouldn't. It would be very difficult to do this podcast. In fairness, but um, in compiling it, you have a very important resource that you use, don't you? Which is uh, uh, the FA Results website, and uh, you've noticed some changes to it uh, in the last few days. Indeed, I wasn't aware uh, this was taking place. I think it was, must have been Monday lunchtime. Uh, suddenly sort of went to, to check a couple of sort of fixtures and results and top scorer lists and, and such and, and it completely changed and it's just um, yeah, it's going to take a bit of getting used to I don't think all the information that was previously on the uh, the, the, the previous version is, is still there so um, yeah, interesting change and I'm not sure it's for the good but uh, we'll have to work with it so what is the website in question? Because, um, um, I mean, I, fortunately, I, get, I, I use the app. So all I see for the Western League results is, is, is what's on the app. But obviously you're using a more comprehensive. And it's, I mean, it is run by the FA, isn't it, the Football yeah. Association? I believe it's like their official site. It's got all the, all the non-league uh, league tables on it, reserves, um, under-15 leagues and everything. I mean, this is pretty comprehensive as they come. I use it alongside the, yeah, the, the tool station website, obviously, to, to put results and tables and things together. And, um, yeah, it's going to be uh, a little bit more difficult to, to, to get all the information that I maybe was looking for. So, yeah, we'll have to go with it. But, um, yeah, a bit disappointing look at, at first. I've only had a brief brief look over the last couple of days, but it's, um, yeah, a bit disappointing. So what's the URL? I mean, what do people, when people go and have a look for this thing, what is it What is it they're seeing? It's like the FA full-time or something like that. So it's, um, yeah... I mean, it would just—it would run you through everything you need to. You can look at fixtures going well into the future, which obviously you can on the Tool Station League website as well. So obviously, I'll continue to use that uh, probably more thoroughly. But it just, yeah, it, it was an interesting resource, and I'm not quite sure how the new ones looking at first. But yeah, 
I was going to take some getting used to. Well, I mean, the reason I ask you, I mean, we, we are still doing this podcast in October. Um, you may be listening to us in November, but we are still doing it in October. And um, uh, at the moment, this is, I think, the last day that you can fill in the grassroots um, survey. And it's things like that, frankly, that the FA need to hear about because, of course, if they're going to make changes, I'm sure that there's some very good reasons to do it. But if they're less, you know, accessible, if it's not as user-friendly, then actually all they're doing is driving people away from the site. They're not bringing people to it. So, anyway, that's my thought for the day, listeners. Um, right then, Tom. Uh, we won't go down the uh, the scores because I'll let you do that last week. Uh, but we are we, we should really have a look at the league table. So do you want to kick us off with the Premier Division? Sure. Uh, obviously, Street uh, remain at the top. Uh, 14 games played, they've got 32 points. Uh, three points behind. Uh, 14 games as well, they've played. Uh, Buckland, they're on 29 points. And we've got a, a large group of teams lining up just behind them. So we've got Melksham, who've played 15, have 28 points. Uh, Bradford, uh, obviously beaten now, but they uh, remain very much in the chase. They've also got 28 points they played 13 games uh, and then we've also got Willand who've played just 12 games obviously a couple of games in hand uh, they're on 26 points and then Shep the Mallet doing well this season 8 wins uh, from their 15 games they've also got 26 points uh, towards the bottom Longwell Green Sports obviously picked up their first point uh, played 13 got 1 point uh, they take on Wells obviously on Saturday who've played 14 got 5 points and we've got Hallen uh, played 11 who've got 9 points and in the first division, Westbury United sit pretty on top of the table. 32 points, 15 games played. Uh, Cheddar have played one game more, uh, but they've got four points less. They've played 16, got 28 points. And then Welton Rovers have popped up in third place. Would you believe that? What a great uh, uh, time it is to be a Welton fan. And can they keep it up? That's the question. Um, they've played 16 and uh, they've got 27 points, so only one point behind Cheddar. Bristol Telephones, of course, who were doing had such a fantastic start to the season, and they've played 13, so plenty of games in hand over the uh, the, te- the teams in f- uh, above them. They've got 26 points and um, Canesham just below them played 13, got 25 points. At the bottom, uh, Sherborne Town, uh, at the bottom of the pile, strongest team in the league, holding the rest of them up, uh, played 15, got 8 points and then just above them, Portishead, played 16 and 11 points. Tom, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we're going to go and enjoy a basket meal of championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, before we do that, of course, you must tell the listeners where they can access the bulletin and also where they can read your flowing prose in the non-league paper uh, the bulletin uh, on the website uh, I think it's about the 8th tab along the top on the homepage and that should be uh, available in, in Word and, and PDF formats to download uh, and then in the uh, yeah, the non-league paper in the step 5 and 6 section uh, we got the, uh, the Premier Division roundup from Saturday's games Tom thank you very much for your time lovely to see you and we'll, be, we'll probably be back on the phone next week won't we never mind um, but um, well for me Ian Knockholt it's been another Tool Station Western League podcast